Welcome to part two of our breakup episode of on the Just a Couple Dudes podcast. This I'm is... one of your hosts, Eric Flatiger. And I'm Frank Lewandowski. <laughs> and uh, I was part one. I was Anthony Miguel Cole, so I'll oh. just be Anthony Miguel Cole again. Yes. Ah. So we're doing part two of this whole breakup series because it's really hard to put breakups into just 45 minutes to an hour. So you might as well spread it out, right? This is I, our first part two. That's kind of is. exciting. It's I do like unique. it. It's a mini series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Because when you're on Netflix and you have a limited series, mm-hmm. it's limited. Yeah. So you better get Tiger King ready and that really get true. in there. It's when something's limited, it's enticing. Scarcity and, uh, is, is likable. That's why about it. like the flamethrower that Tesla sells, mm-hmm. they only sold so many and they, that's all Tesla does. Or not Tesla, but Elon Musk, whoever yeah. his company does. Yeah, so if you want to listen to this episode, we're only going to have this episode up for one month. So listen now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have no idea what it will come yeah. down. Yeah, that's what we but say, if, but really it's probably just, down there forever. Yeah. I mean, we're going to label these, you know, the breakup one, and then this is going to be breakup part two. But obviously, go back and listen to the first breakup one, because it's going to be very helpful for this episode. And technically, this is like our third kind of breakup one. Yeah, it is. Because uh, early on, we kind of touched base on one. So... But you don't have to listen to that one first. But do listen to the one we just recorded. Yeah, that this. first one is more our personal stories. Yeah. And then this one's going to be like how you get through it, how you should get through it. So, I mean. Well, and uh, before we dive into that, we're going to do some Jacked Approved. Can I clink with so you guys? So, what tasty clink. beverages? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, let yeah. me get this because we're going to record this too. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh, we're drinking some. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Smitwick Red Ale. And Sons of It's a ruby red brew with a gentle hop bitterness and a sweet malt finish. 4.5% alcohol per volume. What are we thinking? It was established in 1710. Ooh, should I go first or no? Ooh, so are we going to jack... I want Anthony to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we jack approved. Let's hear it, baby. I don't have to like it. I just want... The honest I'm going to be truth. real with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I want you this to be real. This is not my favorite beer. Okay. Yeah, I don't mean um, to offend you because this yeah. is Frank's beer. It's actually not. It's my girl's beer. Oh, is it? Yeah, so you're not offending me. Okay. It's okay. No, I mean like, okay, so when I taste, let me get another swig. You guys keep talking and I'll, I'll kind of break down the flavor. Okay. Um, on my end, I'm not a huge like red ale, that kind of person. However, I had another one just the other day. And this tastes very much on par with that, and I can drink this. I like it, so I'm gonna approve it. It's actually, it's actually pretty smooth. See, to me, it's like sometimes I like a beer that's this thick or whatever. It's like, it's like it either needs to be a thicker in flavor or a little bit lighter because I wouldn't want to pair this with food. I don't think. I don't like pairing alcohol with food. I in really general. don't do it that much. Really? I'll be I honest. Not what I do at a restaurant, and it might sound very stupid, but I'll get like a diet coke or water, or, you know, something like that, and I'll have that with my food, and then I have a drink. Yeah. See, I mean, I don't the know. The only like... thing I can do is Guinness with seafood. Oh, that's definitely good. Ooh, it's wow. Yeah. Talk about uh, contrast. But yeah, okay, so I do get that red ale. Like, it's like you can taste like the... I feel like in a lot of red ales, it's like you can taste the barrel. What sold me, really, uh-huh. and it's a little nitpicky, is that it is brewed by Guinness and Company. Oh, I didn't due, even know that. Now due wow. to that, and it's from Ireland. It's an Irish ale. I am Irish, part Irish. Oh, well, would so you look at that? With that, I'm going to have to approve it. So we got an approve from Frank. And it's cold, and it's free, because my girlfriend bought it. It's true. Actually, cold, no, I bought free it. beer. It's not free. 
I mean, I'm going to drink it. Let's give it another clinky clink. Clink. Oh, yeah. Love it. All right. So, we got. what did you say, Eric? I approved it. You approved it? Yes. So, we are officially jacked. It is jacked approved. It's officially jacked approved. Yeah, we just go by the simple majority rules. So, and uh, I I lost on this one. I think we're half glass full type of people. Yeah, and oh, yeah. with that, we're probably gonna have a lot of approved. Yeah, we are. Like, <laughs> yeah, can you drink it? I'm kind oh, of okay. Yeah, yeah it, like it. it went down. Yeah. No, but I've had some beers though that I was like, yeah, no, no, not doing it. Yeah, I guess me, I'm a little bit like, I want to, you know, I, I would never suggest this to a friend. That's why I said that. Okay. But, I mean, you guys are. That's and, definitely Jack approved. That's definitely not approved if you won't suggest it to a friend. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. But you, but now that Jack t- has done it, you know. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just trying to, you know, keep an open mind. Okay, so, alright. I actually don't mind it at all. I think it's right up there with uh, that orange blossom stuff we had the other day. Really? I do. Wow. Wow. Ooh. I love that. Eric seems to really like it. Well, I think that's enough on the beer. We are good with the Jack Approves segment with our beer of the day. Yeah, so let's we just move are, on. I like on. it. So we, yeah, we all just told our personal stories. So uh, let's move on to. Let you guys want to start with the five stages of grief, like when you when you've had that loss. Do you guys want to start there? I we like can. It. We can do that. We can um, start with the five. Stages I'm not of the grief. guy. But. Oh, well, I mean, everyone's familiar with it. You yeah. Know? Like, what is it? It's uh, the first one is denial, and then I think it's anger, um, bargaining. Depression. Then depression and then, and then acceptance. acceptance. Well, right? isn't there five letters in grief? G-R-I-E-F? Ooh. See, what they should have done is used they, acronyms. Yeah. Just like jacked. Just a couple dudes. Kubler, yeah. Ross. You kind of dropped yeah. the ball on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been... Uh, I mean, great work, but yeah, you could have done better. It's, it's, it's an okay model. Yeah. G for ghastly upset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. R for really sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I for, for incredibly impotent. sucky. Impotent. <laughs> impotent. <laughs> e for uh, extra specially pissed off. And then F, finally over it. You finally over it. Finally, finally over, over it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, moving on along. We've okay. talked about the five stages of grief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, so we, we covered the first one. What's the second stage? So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we talked about, yeah. Denial. Denial. And a lot of times, we talked about this in the last episode. Sometimes, you know, usually you, you're you in the relationship when you're in denial. Like, yeah. it's like this relationship is over, but you're fighting on, you're hanging on for dear life. But no, everyone else around is like, no, this is dead. God, dude, denial's awful. It's it's oh. literally one of the, it doesn't sound like the worst stage, but I think it really so is bad. the worst. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was in denial of, for about 18 months. Ooh. Yeah. And what was it like waking up in those days? Like, what was your... Uh, I mean, I developed what depression was and anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah okay. Terrible. So not accepting, you know, the real situation, your yeah. real emotions. I mean, denial is a tough stage. I think people find it's comfortable. However, mm-hmm. it's not good for you. It's yeah. deep-rooted, and it just tears you apart. Yeah, let's just break down the word. I mean, essentially, you're lying to yourself. You're like, you know, yeah, she does this, she does that, but... And you just keep making excuses. It's like you're truly in denial, and it's like like you're brushing things under the rug for that person or uh, yourself, usually both, Yeah. you know? And so, yeah, denial is really rough because you're not actually dealing with the problem, as opposed to anger, the next one. 
Yeah. And some people with denial never actually get past that stage. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And this doesn't have to be just relationships. This could be uh, drug use, substance abuse. This could be po- just poor habits. Mm-hmm. This could be a poor friendship. Mm-hmm. could be many things. It could be a bad job you have. Yep. We are sick in relationships, but yeah. denial can yeah, be detrimental. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even have to be about relationships necessarily, but it's still that loss, you know, something. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's just... Another thing we should point out is that... You can bounce from anywhere in, in the model, and it, it's not like you just naturally go from denial to anger to, what is it, bargaining. You know, you can, every day can be different. Some days you can even feel like you've accepted it, and then all of a sudden the next day you have a really, really rough day. Yeah, because we are human beings. We're oh, yeah. not robots. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean when he's like, they're more like guidelines. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth. That is the way to say it, for sure. Uh, okay, so well, let's just talk about the next one, the anger. The anger is actually really good when you finally get out of denial, because I feel like that's one of the hardest to break through, is denial, right? And then you finally get into anger, because now you're actually embracing your emotion, I feel like, for the first time. Before, you were kind of lying about it, you know, lying to yourself, you know, and even though you're going through turmoil yourself, you're not admitting it, you know? You're just yeah, truly in denial. It just makes me think of that, uh, the wedding singer. That song. Oh, I love that song. You don't know no. how much I need you. <laughs> that was seriously it's actually easy. a really good song. Put a bullet in my head. God, because that's like that's all the stages he sings about, you know? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, man. That's a great, great That's a good movie. one. It's true, though, man. When you get to anger, at least you're out of denial. Denial is the worst. It is. Denial is just horrible, dude, because you're just... You just keep replaying, like the good stuff or or a conversation you had, and then you just so it makes your brain legitimately not believe that what is happening is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if that person's breaking up with you, you're like, oh well, I know they said they want us to be done with, but you know, I can convince them. To, yeah. To want to stay with me, and oh, it's just it's it's like that desperation comes out during denial. Or or maybe denial is even a worse problem is knowing that. Oh, the problem's not me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's You've had time. six failed relationships. There's one common denominator. Absolutely. Right? And you're that bottom number mm-hmm. of that you know, fraction. Dude, I had a huge awakening when uh, you read and then gave me that book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Because one of my things book. was like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always trying to be like, because mm-hmm. I always kind of thought that was my rock or my safety was like, I'm a nice guy, I'm a good guy, I do this, I do that, and then you read this book. And it's not just written by some, you know, stay at home dad who's bored. It's written by like a clinical psychologist who was just uncovering this about so many patients who wrote a book about it, but he was like, you know, th- there's a problem. There's like a syndrome to being a nice guy. And for me, in my experience with breakups, that's what it was. It was like, oh shoot. Cause like one of a good example that I always use is he says that, you know, nice guys aren't honest. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of myself as dishonest. I always thought I was honest. And then I realized, oh no, like I was just, I was actually being dishonest because it was like, you just thought you were being nice yeah. or you just thought you're like, oh, I'm being patient or I'm not going to tell her how I really feel because, you know, that'll start an argument. I'll just eat it, you know, or something like that. And then, so when you say like, I'm okay, cause you think you're doing a good thing, you're being nice, you're swallowing it. You're actually being dishonest because you're not okay. Absolutely. And so I, I read that book and was like, oh damn, like 
I'm the common denominator. I'm being too nice or I'm being this or that. And holy shit, that was kind of awakening. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when you're being too nice, you know, you're lying to yourself, you know, or you're, you're, you're not, not, you're not acting like who you really want to be, you know? So right. you're lying to this other person. And then they can sense, too, that you're just not respecting yourself, like, mm-hmm. you know, by you being too nice. And that in itself is unattractive, you know? Like, no, they, you want to have self-respect. You want to have respect for everybody. But so often we don't have respect for ourselves. God, we, can we, we lose ourselves. I don't want to get too off the road, though, but attraction isn't that a fluid thing? Oh, yeah. Like, like oh, you yeah. said, like we keep one thing we keep bringing up about these breakups is like, oh, what I was doing was so unattractive, or this isn't attractive, desperation's not attractive. Yeah. And it's like, that's what's kind of being dissolved in a breakup is that attraction. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what, dude, attraction is so fluid mm-hmm. because it evolves and it changes. And like, you know, obviously at first when you start dating somebody, there's so much physical attraction because there's unknown. Oh, yeah. Like you haven't seen each other vulnerable or naked or you haven't had sex yet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And there's just like, this, there's, there's, there's also a chemical reaction, right? They call it yeah. the honeymoon phase, which is six to 18 months, which is the reason why you have like procreation. Right? Yeah. It's like a means for survival. I don't know if we were actually built to have 50-year marriages. We were built ne- by nature to have babies mm-hmm. and survive. Yeah, that's like, true. Deep down, mm-hmm. that's something too. Uh, so like, yeah, and like, attraction man so ominous and just fleeting and and you don't know i don't know anybody knows how to you know if there is a fleeting attraction how do you regain it how do you get it how do you touch it you know like you were saying in your divorce like you could you knew there's things you were doing that made you unattractive to your wife yet it seemed like you know behind your eyes at that moment it was hard for you to figure out and dissect what am i doing wrong how do i make my how do I make myself attracted to my wife again? Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's well, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. sadly. You know, like you don't yeah, it's it always Monday morning quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can always look back and be like, mm-hmm. oh, this was clearly a mistake. But when you're in the throes of it, yeah. you're kind of thinking like, hey, I'm just throwing mud at a wall, seeing what sticks. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I think one of the things, what, let's talk attraction. What can you do to be attractive and continue to be attractive? Oh, I know. Right. The, I know at least the. Oh, I interrupted. Oh, Go no, ahead. no worries. I think one thing is to always continually grow. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no plateau ever. I think it's very easy to get into a relationship and become comfortable. You know, I've been guilty of it. Yep. And you get comfortable, mm-hmm. and you forget to date your partner. You forget to continue to better yourself. That doesn't mean always be successful or something like that. But just grow as a person. Grow mature. You know, emotional maturity wise. Uh, grow. Uh, don't give up on your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Don't forget who you are by being that nice guy. Because you forget if you don't make yourself happy, you're not going to be happy for that person. Because when you're nice, you're nice with that other person too much. Yeah. That's my thoughts. No, I was no it's good. That's what I was going to say. Is like the way to build attractiveness is just be strong in yourself. You know, because... You know, they say before you help others, you know, make sure you're good. You know, put the mask on your face before you put the oxygen mask on somebody else. Like, you've got to be strong for you to be strong for somebody else, you know. And especially as a man, like, that's what a woman wants. She wants a strong man. She doesn't want someone that you're just constantly just making, you're just giving up on yourself. You're doing everything for her. Oh, of course, honey. Yeah, of course. I'll do that. And you're just like this little weak guy. bitch. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't want that. (laughs) Even if she asks you to do that, like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? She's slowly losing respect for you. 
even oh, if she yeah. doesn't recognize it herself. Yeah, and you know it's one thing I do want to know from women though is that is a great point. Yeah. What is it about women and fixing men? They get these broken down yeah. daddy issue dudes and they want to fix them. I've never gone into a relationship saying, you know what I want to do? I want to, I want a project. Yeah. yeah women are different. Women, women are about projects. And Maybe. even, you know, my girlfriend, she told me, she was like, I've never experienced uh, having a relationship with someone like such as yourself who has a, like a good family, mm-hmm. who has two like loving married parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she's like all the other relationships I was in, I was, you know, kind of the fixer. I think maybe. Like, what is it? I don't. I have a theory. I don't get it. I think it's maybe like almost like a side effect of their nurturing side. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, it's so yeah. good that women are nurturing and more, you know, they're just known to be more nurturing than us men. And maybe yeah. that's just like kind of like a little, it can be at least a bad side effect where they, they keep choosing the same guy that's like, you know, they keep getting into abusive relationship after abusive relationship. Yeah. They keep going from druggy to druggy or whatever it is, you know. Or kind yeah. of just treat them bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like what about. is it about people, but a lot of it's women who date just pieces of shit they have to fix. Yeah. And us guys, we always just, you know, the, the girls that we keep going back to are the whores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah. We we're definitely go, usually wired much different. Yeah, we're yeah, like way more simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well men are just gonna be like, you know, whatever, let's just go out, let's party. You know, like I was telling the me and uh, my roommate Christian were talking last night and we were saying we're like, dude, no one parties harder than single guys. Oh <laughs> nobody because no. when men are single, they just party. Dude, we just want to fraternize and party, dude. Dude, you got that's the thing is like as soon as I moved from Arkansas, all you guys were single. And then as soon as I move here, I'm the only single guy. <laughs> like now all you guys are in relationships. Yeah, but then you have divorce parties, right? Oh yeah, I did. Like I actually speaking of that, when I was I mean to hopefully college, not. Hopefully none of the friends get divorced. No the yeah, odds yeah. are though. Oh yeah, fifty percent. Someone's so, someone's Someone's going to strike out. Yeah, someone's going to swing for the fences. Oh, yeah. Who's it going to be? Let's make bets. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. Let's <laughs> have friend bets. Let's make this more interesting. Oh, that was like that uh, Eddie Murphy skit or that bit he did like back in the 80s. It was like, half. Everything's about half. She'll take half your shit. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man. That's half. a whole other topic. Joe Rogan goes into that, too, about does, divorce yeah. and losing half and what's fair, what's not and fair. And the lawyers. It's real. And it's run by lawyers. Lawyers making a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a really good movie on Netflix. It was, God, it was, I don't know the name of it, but it was called Marriage. Mm-hmm. It was the guy, it was Scarlett Johansson and the guy from Star Wars. Yep. Um, uh, the bad guy. Kylo something Ren. Something Glover, right? Kylo Ren. Or Glover. His Star Wars name. I know. I, I mean, Adam I know, Driver. I know Kyle. Adam oh, was Driver. That Driver, okay. not Glover. Adam Driver. Danny Glover. I was, <laughs> say, I was like, oh, I'm getting oh, too old for this shit. Yeah. I'm getting too old Danny for Glover's these divorces. Been old since the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> he came He's out with gray hair. Yeah. He was too old in the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same theme in Lethal Weapon 5. I know, right? Oh, man. oh but anyways, dude. Uh, so breakups. Breakups, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're on anger, so the next one is bargaining. Yeah. Well, and you know, honestly, we don't even need to dive into each, every single part of it. I think the important thing is identifying, if you're going through a breakup, identifying where you're at. And I think that's the important part because it's pretty self-explanatory, the bargaining. We've all done that where it's like, 
you know, if she, if she comes back to me, God, like, I swear to you, I'll go to church every Sunday. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, isn't that a weird thing, yeah, right? That's one yeah. of the first things. You're like, God, I promise I'll be, I'll be a much better person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to follow not four out of the Ten Commandments, at least eight. At least eight. At least eight. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to hit at least, I'm going to have a passing grade in those commandments. I mean, I'm still going to lie every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm not, not perfect. I'm still cheating on my taxes, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. And then, or, know, then you're, or you're bargaining with that other person. But, you know, it's all self-explanatory. But, God, but isn't it the worst, though, when you're at that point with, like, a breakup or, like, a relationship or whatever, and you're just, like, pleading with the universe, like, oh, just fix it. Like how do you know how do I get them back, or how do I get this person, and, or what's the thought? You know what this thought? I always used to have it like when I was younger. I always used to think because I liked somebody or cared about them that that meant something. Mm-hmm. I'm like I wouldn't have this feeling for no reason. Why am I so attracted, or why am I so infatuated? When you're young, you think you're in love, and you're like, why do I love her so much? Mm-hmm. Like there must be a reason. So I'm gonna keep pursuing it. Because I think the universe, God, whatever, is telling me that deep in my gut, there's a reason you're so nuts about this person. And you can manifest it and make it happen. Yeah. Even though the reality is like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just like people and they don't like you back. Yeah. And that's life. okay. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of people you're going to like. And the older you get, the more you figure that out, you it's know? Like, yeah. It's see la vie. It's like, it's life, you know? Oh, like, if like you think that. about relationships. That's coming from Miguel. Oh, yeah, the Miguel. C'est la vie. That's life. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, if you Mm. think about relationships, actually, I said, love that money. Love that money. (laughs) All right. uh, If you think, I mean, 99% of the relationships you get into with somebody are going to end. You know, there's only one person you end with, you stay with forever, you know? Yeah. Or, or let's define what's a healthy or successful relationship. You know, that's something I like to challenge. My parents divorced, had a very ugly divorce, but they still had three kids out of it. I had a great childhood. So it ended, but was it, it should have finished better for Mm, sure. It could have ended much healthier and happier, but maybe it was still successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe that opens our minds a bit. I know what you mean by lasting forever because that's what we think of. It's either all or nothing for some reason in relationships. It's either all or nothing, but maybe it's like a job. You know, it's really weird. I mean, it leads me to a thought in a, I mean, I heard this on Joe Rogan, but they covered it multiple times. Um, In some countries, when you get married, they do like, uh, like term limits, like six years. Really? So like this marriage license is good for six years. And at the end of it, if you want to walk away, it's fine. No divorce. You just don't renew it. We need that. How I kind of like that. Yeah, we need how, that. How uh, controversial is that, though? You know what I mean? Like, You know, like, that's something I... Like, hey, uh, Anthony is not willing to sign the 30-year term limit. He's only going to do six. What the hell? You know? It's like, yeah, oh, no, no. See, <laughs> but Frank's willing to do the 20, so I'm going to marry Frank. You know? No, yeah, no, totally. Like, Do they so, have different terms there? I don't know. I just heard it was, like, seven, actually. What I heard wow. was seven years. What an interesting concept. I mean, it is interesting, and it's like, maybe that would be good for the USA. That, personally, I would never want to pursue something like that. I'm like, what's the point of getting married if you're not going to But it just... could be good for people. It could I be good could. because then you're just re- you're choosing to continue. There's yeah. more of an act of participation. Because yeah, when you're married, true. are you choosing to continue? Or are you in denial and just keeping it going for no reason? How many marriages and should makes... end right now? And Yeah, exactly. And how many? How good could it be for people who, like, let's say it's a five-year thing. Every five years, you're going to reevaluate, right? 
and you're coming up on that year five, and it's like, are we going to reevaluate? Well, how many people would have gone 15 years of a horrible marriage before they got some shitty divorce, whereas they could have reevaluated in that first five and been like, you know what? This shit ain't working. That's actually a pretty valid point (laughs) because, I mean, if you think of all the marriages where people feel trapped, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, they just do terrible things to one another because they feel trapped. You know, Frank brought it up earlier. He said being comfortable. So how many people are married, they get comfortable, they're like, damn, like the thought of a divorce, that just sounds worse with the embarrassment and all that. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just be with this person that I'm okay with. I don't really want to be married to them anymore, but... I kind of can't get away from it. Like, dude, just being trapped, being comfortable, all these reasons why people would stay in an unhealthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, my thought with saying that too is like there's things they could do to make it better. Well, too. I was about to say. There's always things you can make. You know, it's not like, you know, you stepped on a rattlesnake and it bit you. You know what I mean? Like, it, You not. manifested this. You made it what it is. You took part in it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, God, what an interesting concept. It is interesting, you know. Like, so, and you said I wouldn't do it either, um, but I think it'd be realistic. good for people. It's not realistic in the U.S. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's kind of like my mom. Cool dude, I love it. My mother always gets on me because she's like, um, "If you get married, like you one bank account, one bank account. You, there's not even a thought you can't not have one bank account." You know. Yeah. And I used to tease my mom and be like, "Hey, yeah, we'll have two. Like, we'll have a shared thing too. You know." But I'll still have mine. And she's just like, "Then don't get married. Don't get married." Yeah. You're not going to share the money? Don't get married. It's not your money. Mrs. Flatiger, she's so cute. Oh, she, she is. is. She's she, she's she lovely. And I'm just like, oh, mom. You know? And honestly, like personally, I would do joint. You know, I'm going to do that. I, that's what I would do. But it's just funny to think. That's the thing, too, though. I know a lot of people, uh, successful marriages, too. I had an English teacher in high school. My freshman English teacher, her and her husband had been married for, I think, almost 40 years. She was in like her 60s. And she said, she brought it up once, she's like, oh yeah, we have our own, ba- I have my own money, he has his own money, I get paid, he doesn't touch it, he, his money's his, but we, we made it work that way. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I remember thinking at 14, oh, yeah. that's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I could do either or. I think it's just like a, uh, whatever you do. Whatever you come up on, with, you know? yeah. yeah. I think there, that's what's the beauty of life is there's so much gray. We like it to be black and white, right? A, white, a right and a wrong. And for the important things and certain things like murder, there's a right and a wrong. Murder is not okay. But when it comes to a relationship and what works for you, there is a lot of gray area. Now, there is statistics behind things that can help. And that actually transitions to my segment, the four pillars of a healthy relationship. Oh, Frank. Was that smooth? Yeah, that good was really good. Was that uh, Michelob Ultra smooth? If this was a Google slide, it'd be that thing that like makes it go across and explode, and then it says four pillars. And he, he, honestly, Frank has like the best voice. Best too. voice. I sound like an idiot, but no, Frank is like just smooth. Voice. I like it, too. I like it. I like it, Eric's yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah. He's the beatbox. Right? Oh, yeah. He's oh. the energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's the voice of reason. The home base. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You guys are great. Something that cracks me up with marriages, though, is sometimes the lack of thought that goes into a relationship. There is romance, and I am all for the lovey-dovey, say you love each other after date Mm -hmm. two, and think it's a romantic movie. I hope it's like that. I hope it's the princess bride. You tear each other's clothes off, and you're like, I love her. 
I've never felt this before. I don't even need food. I just need more of you. Yes. Right? I don't even need water. Dehydrate me. Three days in bed. Uh, Give me a slice of your pie one more time. You just order in a pizza and just keep going. Yeah, throw pepperonis on each other and just yeah. go to town. Yeah. You don't even need the sauce. I like that. Yeah. Maybe we'll, six we'll bottles of wine. We'll yeah. No water, all wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like nothing a couple is gross trulies. at that point. Ooh, we need to do an episode about this. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, scrap the breakup. Let's just run with this. Let's talk about the fun part. No, seriously, oh. though. So keep going. Okay, no so thought, no mind. I, I just think that with marriages, I think there has to be a little bit of logic with the romance, right? And I'm just so scared of having a divorce. You know, I come from a divorced uh, mom and dad, and I don't want that. I met a lot of guys growing up that were older, they were in their 40s, 50s. I always give advice, like, don't do it. They told me to wait. I've never had a male figure in my life say, you know what you should do? Get married young. Oh, dude, seriously. Every older guy tells me you have your whole life to get married. Have kids young. I've never heard those two terms. Ever together from a male figure. All of them. And it's not a bad thing. It just shows you that you need to make the right decision because it's a big commitment. Absolutely. And we I mean, go right back to. Sorry to interrupt you, Frank. I'm just gonna say, go right back, Anthony. 20 years old. Think about 20 year old oh, yeah, Anthony. Dude. What you knew about the world. I look at pictures of me, and I'm like, I can't believe that kid decided to get married. Like, who let me have that power <laughs> over my own life? Yeah, because like, it was so. St- it was stupid. I, I will say, I don't regret it. I don't no, regret getting married because I learned so much uh, being married, and then. I probably even learned more and then the divorce. So I don't regret it. Oh, but dude, the I wisdom. Never, I mean, I am now one of those old men that Frank is talking about. If someone Wait. tries to get married at 20, I'm going to be like, don't do it. Don't do it. Wait. You, you don't even know who you are yet. Yeah. Let alone that, that other person doesn't know who they are you yet. You ever put jelly on a lady? <laughs> Your frontal lobe doesn't <laughs> even develop until age 25. You put peanut butter yeah. on a lady? What'd you say? say your frontal yeah. lobe doesn't even develop fully until age 25, which yeah. is your emotions and your thought process and decision making. Yeah. I that's agree. why you have a 21 year old in Florida that's asking for a coronavirus while partying in spring break. If I get corona, I get corona, man. I've been playing this trip for two months. Yeah, oh, yeah. Going back to the four pillars, though, I think there needs to be discussions about some realistic things. So mm. have the romance, have the Pierce Brosnan lovemaking relationship yes. that's just beautiful with Halle Berry. Oh. A good topic to talk about is money. Don't stop talking. So mm. when you have money, you need to decide how you're going to, you know, what kind of goals you have together. How are you going to function in the household? Are you going to have one bank account, which I prefer, like more mm. of a true partnership? Or... Are we going to have joint or separate accounts and kind of do more of a solo thing? Whatever works for you. Again, yeah. money is really important. You have a saver and a spender. Yep, that yep. could cause a ton of discourse. Most divorces are related to money mm-hmm. and financial problems. Well, right? it's like you said, be logical. Be, be logical. a little logical. You should understand like this person. Like, are they? You know, what are their finances like? How do that? Like, all those little nuances make so much sense when you're trying to find a partner, thinking about getting married to them. You know. And, and there are people who it could take a long time before they kind of sink and they shouldn't get married at the six-month mo- six mark. Maybe it's the two-year mark because it'll take that much time, you know? Mm-hmm. Or some people who just shouldn't get married at all because let's be honest, 50% divorce rate or whatever it is, like, come on. I actually think that's really positive because I'm like, 50% never end? Yeah, that, that's I mean, pretty good. Oh, look at Frank. That's good, right? That is good. I mean, I, good for you. That is nice. I like how Anthony, when you say you know you didn't, you shouldn't have got married at twenty, but I'm like, at least he was a Casanova and he got out there. Yeah, he I mean, put his heart on the ledge. I mean, you literally fell back with your heart outside your chest and oh. said, "Catch me," and you fell. 
Yeah, I did. I mean, that's you felt, cut yourself, and you said, "World, this is my blood. <laughs> this is it's my red." <laughs> that's, that's what you did, and I like that. You love. Oh yeah, don't well, go to love life not loving. Seriously, dude, dude. you loved hard. Oh. It's so true, actually. Like that that saying where it's like it's better to have loved than never loved at all. As yes, someone who has love loved and lost, and lost it. You, you know, I think we kind of skip over the love that was lost. We kind of like just skip that part and we jump to the next part. Dude, I learned so much about that love that I lost. You know, where I loved this thing and I didn't want it to go away, but it, it was gone. You know, and I am the man I am today because I lost that love, you know, and I'm still looking for love, you know, like I'm yeah. still, I'm still going to get married one day, hopefully, you know, yeah. if I don't, then I'll still be happy, but well- yeah, dude, and Frank brought up that perfect uh, thought of, like, it's going to end. Like, anything's going to end, right? You don't know when, where, how. And maybe your happy marriage ends with death, right? Because maybe yeah, that's gosh. it's good, but you die. And you die when you're not expected to or whatever. And so mm-hmm. think about that. Think about getting comfortable. Think about being complacent. And then really think you have no idea the time limit on this love. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's make it amazing today right now let's let's go out let's go dancing yeah yeah you know, let's no, just, no, it's let's so just enjoy it because like even your marriage i'm sure you know we can talk about the divorce we can talk about 18 months of cheating we can talk about all the mental health aspects but i bet there were some really bright burning beautiful hot sexy moments in that six years absolutely some times where you were just on like it was like ecstasy you know it's like a drug you know, it is a drug. It is. I would almost say it's stronger than ecstasy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What other? I mean, I think a lot of the. Do we want to get in the neurotransmitters, right? Like oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin for sure. Like that's like what love is yeah. on a chemical level. Probably. Is there any yeah. other ones that you can think of? Norepinephrine. Be another one. Ooh. And just think about that. And then you think, like you said, like you're, just, you're happy because you're like, it was so fleeting. It was six years, but like. Oh man, the highs! I wouldn't trade those highs for anything. Oh, you yeah. wouldn't trade the highs for those lows, I bet. But do they yeah. last? Well, you, you know what? Those okay. feelings. Mm. Yeah, do they last? No, I think that's can't. actually a decision. I, I will say mm. that as someone who has so uh, talking about my ex, we spent our five-year anniversary in Greece, right? So now I have the I have this decision. We had a beautiful time in Greece, right? Do I want to make those bad memories now all of a sudden, even though they used to be good memories, right? Do I want to decide now because we're not together anymore that those are bad memories? Yeah, imagine that grumpy dude. So many people do that. I I would say majority people do. And I think that I was able to get over my loss because I was like, I just, I told myself I was going to call a spade a spade. Things that were good in the relationship. They were good and they were beautiful, and it's like this is what I want to look for in that next par- partner, or the way I behaved. I want to continue that way. The things that were bad, you know, I don't want to look for in the next partner, or the things that I did bad. I'm like, I'm gonna try my best never to do that again, you know. So just be true to yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't don't make things that were good bad. And I think so many people do that. Yeah, it's I'm- hard when you love and then you know thin line between love and hate, and when you're hurting. Not good emotions come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. it takes such a mature individual to look at him and be like, "We did have a good time." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, Anthony, you can't write off a much more tragic ending to a beautiful thing like a marriage, mm-hmm. and you've grown from it. Yeah. And you're like the phoenix in the ashes. I, I, I oh, feel like, dude. 
Oh, what, oh man. When is Frank going to write a oh, book? I, I, I can't wait. He's just such a little author. Like it's a like word porn, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's on Google somewhere. It's no, but I, I actually do feel that way. But it's know? true. It's true. I'm guilty of that. I have issues with, you know, exes. And, and But you have to realize they were part of your life. And there were good times with it. It did end. But that doesn't mean the whole thing was written off. Right? It's just that it did end. And I think that is a good way to look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And and the, the other thing is, too, it took, obviously, it's not like I, the next day after I found out my ex was cheating that I got to this point it took a lot of time it took a lot of uh introspection a lot of thought where i had just conversations with myself you know where i i was purposefully trying to become better and and not to be bitter and all that stuff but i you know at first i was like that whole grease trip was a a waste you know and i Mm -hmm. used to feel like that when when those wounds were still like open and raw you know you're like, we went to Greece for the five year. Yeah, what the hell? Now you lay now, this shit on yeah, me. Now I gotta go to Greece again just so I can forget about that trip. Yeah. Uh, trip. I've literally thought those thoughts before, you know. But you know, just honestly, just just don't make everything negative about it. Be real with yourself. Identify the good things and the bad. That's how you can get through it. And realize time really can be the healer of all things if you allow it to. Yeah, because the good was good. It was. Your absolutely. wedding was good. It was. Even if it didn't end successfully or it ended didn't in divorce. Good. Yeah. That those moments were good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why oh, yeah. I brought that up because you can look at, you know, it's good for us to look back on our relationships, learn from them, you know, you can come out on top and all those things, but also think like, you know, that trip you went on or whatever like you said with Greece, that was still a good trip. Yeah. You know, don't allow it to be because there are all those angry dudes who are just like I spent this much on that blah 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 it's like come on man your whole life your whole life was you know was bad because of that come on yeah negative Nelly yeah come on you know one of the you know it's so funny I've used it in an emotional sense but in economics and in accounting they talk about sunk costs yeah so costs you will never get back you've spent that money and you'll never get that back yep you know, relationships can be like that. It's like, you know what? You spent, you know, six months or six years with this person. Um, you know, you can, you, you're just going to waste time if you regret that and you wish you could get that cost back. You're not going to get it back. So what you can do, though, is you can learn from it. You can learn from that mistake. You can identify the good things. But, you know, don't waste your energy regretting things. You will not grow from it. I don't think regret is ever a good emotion and mm-hmm. a good thought process the only regret that is bad is when you don't change from it yep and that's a regret that you're stuck in denial and you don't make the changes that you need to be happy and to maybe make that other person happy because sometimes love is not just about you yeah right? when you truly love the other person sometimes you may know better than that person that this is not right exactly i've had to end a relationship where i had to end it and even though it was better for her, right? And I think sometimes that happens. Yeah. Well, imagine, just think if, like, Anthony thought the only reason we got divorced, like, the only reason that is because she cheated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not the only reason, you know? To be yeah. real self-reflective and to be able to look back and think of all the reasons why things might not have worked out. You know, that's the big one. 
That's what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. It did that was, happen. That was you the can't, nail in the coffin. That was definitely the nail in the coffin, and it yeah. happened. You can't deny that. It was the nails. But you yeah. should, yeah. You know, just Because real... he nailed her. That's good, man. Yeah, see, you got to be able to laugh at it. But you, you do, man. Like, you really do. Yeah. Because we're all going to experience it. I was... I had this image though in my head and I think health because we're in the health field right or whatever Yeah. and I was thinking about when you talk about wounds need to heal and I was trying to think of like a diabetic ulcer mm-hmm. right a wound so a diabetic patient has high sugars and you don't heal well so you just see this chronic wound that never heals mm-hmm. and how many people are walking around with these chronic emotional wounds that <sighs> never heal absolutely right because you need what do you need for wound healing right you need good blood flow you need oxygen to the tissue Right, you need good circulation, all that stuff. Good nutrients, good vitamins. Yeah. That's what you need. And people are not giving that to that wound so it can actually heal. Yeah, exactly. So look at that wound. You've just experienced a trauma. So it's like, poor. try to heal yourself. you got to put energy into it. So like you said, the nutrition. Look at this in an emotional sense. You know, Spend time. All of a sudden, you haven't been going to the gym. Go to the gym. You know, do things that are healthy for you physically. Um, maybe you, uh, you know, go to church. Or if you don't want to go to church, meditate. You know, work on your spiritual health. Work on your emotional health. Try to become better so that wound can heal. Instead of making that an open sore, make that a scar. Where it's like it's there, but it doesn't hurt to touch anymore. It's, it's there. I identify that mm-hmm. it, I was mm-hmm. hurt, but it doesn't hurt anymore. You know, and my dad always said, "Chicks dig scars." Oh, Chicks dig scars. Yes. I actually uh, sutured a young boy, a ten-year or what was he, eleven, ten-year-old, ten-year-old uh-huh. yesterday. Uh-huh. It was a pretty good knee wound, and uh, it was like ten sutures I put in him. And I told him, "Hey, hey, buddy, chick dig scars." Chicks dig it. Yeah, yeah. and he was down. Yeah, yeah. man. The Let me tell you, chicks love divorce guys. Yeah. <laughs> they do, right? They do. Sweet little you know what? They Actually, there, there, there is a little bit of truth to that because they bit. see someone like. Especially in my circumstance, like, oh, this guy can commit. And he can love. He can love, you know. And he doesn't seem bitter. I mean, there are some that it's like, you know, I'm not going to date someone that was ever married because of the baggage and all that stuff. Mm. And I'm like, and if they do think that way, and I'm like, okay, I can't change the fact that I was married. If you feel that way, that's you. That's not me. So I just love visual aids. When I think of baggage, everyone has luggage, Mm. but you don't have to have it filled to the brim. Right, Ooh. I picture someone at the airport with clothes hanging on the side, hats on the outside, over the weight limit. Then I picture someone with just a nice little small luggage. Uh-huh. You can tow it around, put it above the overhead. Yeah. Right? Everyone has some luggage. Everyone has some baggage. You can unload it. Oh. Right? You can have it a little bit easier to get around, mm-hmm. not tug you down. Exactly. Dude, just lighten the load. Yeah. Lighten the load. Yeah. Dude, you're... If you, look, can I build off that? Yeah. That was beautiful, what he just said. I'm just going to go off that. Yeah, lighten the load on yourself and other people will recognize it, just like you were just talking about. Oh, yeah. Dude, good job. Give me a high five. Frank's healing. <laughs> and to go back to Chick Stick Scars, that reminded me of the placements. But I was like, oh, what did, he, what did he say in the huddle? And I looked it up and he goes, pain heals, Chick Stick Scars, glory lasts forever. Oh, Keanu Reeves, right? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, what, a, what a wild guy. Because pain does heal. Mm-hmm. Chicks do does. dig scars. And glory lasts forever. Yes. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> and going back to the four pillars of healthy relationship, I guess we go to pillar two. Oh, pillar two. The first one was money. The second one would be, let's say, religion. 
right? I think religion oh, yeah. is really important because religion is important to most people, whether mm-hmm. you're religious, not religious, spiritual. If you believe in Hindu and someone else is Jewish and you have kids and one's going to go to a, a, I don't know, a Jewish type school versus not or whatever, it can cause issues, right? I think you have to agree on these topics. That's what I'm trying to get to. These, oh, yeah. These tougher topics that really impact our life. Yeah, and the thing is, if you go to a Jewish school or whatever, then you're already talking about money, too, because you know how Jews are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, actually, yeah, yeah. that's actually really cool. I love the Jewish culture and religion, I and I'd love to get into that more in I the know, future. Right? I love it. The idea of a bar mitzvah is like genius. Like, oh, yeah. Money to them is actually very important. So one of the reasons why is because it's deep instilled in the religion that you are to make a good profit because that's a good reflection of your hard work. They and you are can not give a sh- to others too. You can give to others. You can yeah. build a really strong family tree, mm. right? A legacy for your family. All these things that are really important. Anyways, yeah. that's just off topic. The third thing is uh, in-laws. Okay, Dive in-laws in is more. in-laws is pretty important, right? If you live next door to your mother-in-law and have to see her every Saturday night, that can be pretty intrusive on your on your marriage. Absolutely, yeah. Right? It can definitely be a negative factor. So having that, those boundaries, those healthy mm-hmm. boundaries, which a lot of us don't have the best boundaries. I had to read a book on boundaries to understand, oh, mm-hmm. you should have kind of a fence here. Right? Oh, yeah. You should. Well, that's what I yeah. found out after my breakup is uh, I wasn't creating enough boundaries on myself. And because I wasn't creating boundaries for myself and the things that I thought were okay and weren't okay, like like you were talking about being too nice, you know, I yeah. was doing the same thing. I was too nice, you know, and really I was doing a disservice to myself and to that other person. I was really just wasting people's time. Because yeah, because you are. I wasn't creating those boundaries for myself, you know, um, but yeah, I agree with the, the in-laws part, man, because with all of them that you're talking about it's like even if you're in the same religion you're already going to have a conflict within that if you have completely different religions and you know all that it's like yeah you can make that work maybe um but yeah you just know ahead of time you're going to have a lot more conflict yeah the whole see eye to eye in the same religion that whole opposites attract thing is so silly to me it's like yeah opposites attract like i like chocolate she likes vanilla but I mean, like, if you're a Jew and she and he's Muslim, I mean, come on, that ain't working. I mean, you can make it work. It yeah. would just be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you're asking for discourse in in the yeah. marriage if you don't talk about this prior. And one of the big things is premarital counseling mm-hmm. is really important because you have these these tough conversations. Our my best friend right now is going through premarital counseling. He's like, man, I can't tell you how much I'm learning. Oh, yeah. And his girl, his fiance, which is, they're amazing. They're such a cute couple. I bet they'll make it forever. Kyle yeah, they're Lindsay, good. Yeah. They're good. They're oh, locked in yeah, love. It's kind of like Kyle's, like, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, there's he, no way that ship's failing. Yeah, he works at Vanguard. He'll be there for 40 years, you know. Oh, yeah. He'll put oh, in yeah. that. And he'll have a beautiful retirement. No, you beautiful. Know, <laughs> I know. Right? A healthy retirement. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, okay, let's talk about their relationship. You know what I see with them, too, is, like, you're talking about boundaries. They both have boundaries, and I can just see it. And I was listening to Jordan Peterson, and he talked about – you also brought this up, Eric, about how opposites attract, and that's all bull crap. It actually is to a point, right? Yeah. But it's also people that are, like, just similar. Like, you guys are really, really similar, and you guys – those relationships fail uh, – fail are very likely to fail as well um i think they t- i think jordan peterson talked about 
there's like this sweet spot of differences that you guys have and where you guys have boundaries on. And by having those little bit of differences, there's a higher success rate that you'll work out as a couple and as a relationship. So setting those boundaries even is very important. You know, it's important for a relationship to last, you know, because otherwise you can lose yourself. And when you lose yourself, that person, you know, they, they were attracted to you because you were yourself. Now you've lost yourself. Then they can lose that attractiveness to you. Mm. you know? Yeah. I like that. It's okay. You don't want to be completely agreeable. This isn't Pleasantville. Oh, no, yeah. Right? No, it's not. Yeah. And confrontation. Life isn't like that. Yeah. Confrontation is not exactly a bad thing. It's how you handle the confrontation. An argument isn't bad. No. When we think argument, we think a heated debate. It doesn't have to be heated. An argument is just a back and forth. Yeah. It could be a really quiet, very. Yeah, it's not like the 1950s. Mature. The dude comes home and he's like, Meatloaf again? You know, <laughs> steak every night? Really? Really? What do you do? I make all the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny how we idolize the 50s. I know. Right? It's such a great time. <laughs> You're just turning a wrench all day. Your chick's at home. Just upset. Xanax and wine. Yeah. Xanax and they wine. Used to, yeah. Didn't they used to, like, in the 50s, they would recommend a martini and a cigarette for pregnant women for uh, morning sickness? They'd prescribe a martini and a cigarette. That's funny. That's why all our parents are fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good prescription, though. (laughs) Just have a martini and a cigarette. You'll feel fine. (laughs) And the fourth pillar of a healthy relationship is parenting. I can't tell you how many Mm, couples I know didn't talk about how many kids they wanted, Mm -hmm. if they wanted kids. Mm. You know what they really wanted. I I can picture a couple in my head. I knew this girl wanted a kid. He did not. They're married. Just had a wedding. I'm like, why would you do all that when that's such a big component in a relationship? Yeah, people. It's so easy to just be like, oh, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll figure it out. It's like let's just get married, but we'll figure out this kid thing later. Um, the other thing about uh, parenting is different styles of parenting. You know, uh, like I personally, I, I was. I got spankings as a child, and so I think spankings are important. A lot of people, maybe even at this table, disagree. Mm. You know, I am pro spanking too. I don't think the belt is necessary. My grandfather, this is this just shows you how far we've come. My grandfather was tied to a tree in the front yard uh, with a chain, and he had to sit outside all day. Yeah, so oh that God. was that was the 1950s. Hiller, that would be on CNN. <laughs> I know. That would trump. Oh, like coronavirus. Yeah. We yeah. have come a long ways. We have. But for some reason in America, and I think just natural human history and human beings, is we were, we're kind of a pendulum, right? We kind of overcorrect and have yep. to kind of come back and yep. hopefully slow it down to where you're right kind of in the middle is a nice spot. Mm. The whole, I, I've read nursing books. In nursing school, it says spankings are never okay. Absolutely. Me and too. I'm like, I well, this. I needed a spanking. I had a mouth on me. I needed that boundary. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was absolutely. never abused. I don't have issues. I was never, I don't have like issues from my childhood. I had a great childhood. And I'm glad I did get spanked. Oh, yeah. Right? One of my favorite things, too, is to talk to talk to people at work and stuff like that and talk about spanking stories, like the worst spankings you ever got, what you oh, did to get to it. Yeah. And like it's just like a ring of people, and we're just talking about the different spankings we got. And it's fun. It's like, yeah. what do people that never got spanked talk about? Eric, did you ever get spanked? Um, not that I can really remember. Is that what I like even talk about at work then? Is that why he likes spanking so much now? Oh, because he he was neglected. Because I was neglected. I was held from spanking. Let's talk about. No, I was just too afraid to get spanked. Oh, okay. 
Oh, dude, we can go in that direction, too. We're already there. We're already yeah. talking about spanking. No, I was just so afraid of it. I was terrified of my father. So it was like the same complex. I didn't want to get hurt. There was one time he was going to spank me. I was so afraid. I ran as fast as I could away from him, tripped going into my room, and fell face first into the bed frame like Ooh. of my bed, and I had to get like eight stitches in my mouth. Oh. And that was just because I was so terrified of him. But it was good to be afraid of him because if he just looked at me or raised uh, his voice, yeah. I just fell in line. Uh-huh. Well, so see, if I was like being a rambunctious little asshole, all yeah. he had to do was get a little crazy. So I didn't have to get spanked because I was like, it didn't never got there because I was too afraid. Well, that, you know, so oh, that's good. To, oh yeah, because he was alpha. Oh, you know, yeah. he had that presence. He was alpha, and that's good for our kids to understand that structure. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's why it's a spectrum when it comes to like when it comes to parenting. There's no like black and white answer to it. Otherwise, you know, everyone want to be a great parent. You know. Yeah. But you know, it, at least as a couple, you guys should agree on to it. You know, because if mm-hmm. if someone's okay with spankings and someone thinks it's terrible, you know then it's not going to work out that great when you have kids. It's going to be a you, lot of conflict. You can raise kids good both ways. Absolutely. I don't like absolutes, but you do have to have the discussions and at least get to a point where you're somewhat collaborating. I do mm-hmm. not like the term compromise. I just don't like the term. I think it sounds like you're giving up. I it think does. collaboration says you're working together. Mm-hmm. Oh. I agree with that, absolutely. Frank. Compromise does not sound like... It doesn't sound like a win-win. I don't enjoy when people say, I'm in a relationship, it takes work. I, I think there's different ways to talk about it and think about it. It takes effort. Mm. It takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you hear people... The toilet. Yeah, when you hear those people who talk about marriage and they're like, God, you know, in marriage you have to compromise. It's so much work. It is just work. If you don't think you're going to be working 20 hours a day on that marriage, it's not going to work out. And you're like, that sounds exhausting. That sounds awful. It's not the marriage Who would want to get married yeah. if all yeah. you did was compromise and work and you just hated it? And I you know just, people yeah, that who talk wants like that. that? You're, you're the ones that are in denial and yeah. probably should end your marriage. I know. Right? It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, It's this horrible thing you work out every second of your life. You're like, you shouldn't have married that no, person. No, <laughs> no. Or maybe you just as a person shouldn't be married, yeah. right? Yeah. There's people that just are better oh. solo. That is so true. That is very true. Yeah. You know, I so I used to joke around with my family, and I'd be like, if I never get married, I'll probably have two or three quality long relationships, and that'll be it. I'll be good with it. You know, and it's like, seriously, though, if I didn't meet the right person to want to marry, I'd probably just have a series of girlfriends, and it'd have its peak and valley, be done, and go to the next one. You know, it's like mm-hmm. not I think some people, <laughs> some people, it works. Like, I don't know. It's a few different chapters in your book of life. Or you just keep getting married over and over and over again. Like my, I have yeah, family yeah. who've been all. They're all their third wife, you know, fifth, fourth, fourth fifth. wife. It's like, you know, just like have a girlfriend for five years. I don't know. You don't have to marry everyone that comes your way. People yeah. value different things. It's weird. Yeah, I think when people get married that often, and, and to those of you that have been married that often, it's like, are you asking yourself? What am I, what, what can I improve and why do I keep looking for, why do, why do my marriages keep failing? Like, yeah. are you actually asking yourself that question? Because it's like, you might not be able to change the fact you've been married three times, but you can change your next relationship. You know? Yeah. You know the people I admire, the ones that get married, they get divorced. They maybe marry someone else, get divorced, and then they go back to that first divorcee and they get married again. Yeah. They get remarried. That'd be interesting After going through the whole that, yeah. thing and they're like, let's do it again. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I want to talk. I've never talked to someone like can that. Can you imagine getting divorced twice from the same person? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, we talked about you shouldn't regret. You should probably regret. There might be a regret. Yeah. There might that's be a regret probably a good, uh, that's a good uh, place to land this plane because we're oh. at about 55 minutes. Okay. Oh. Yeah, but that was fun. It was fun. Oh, we still have more to talk we made, about. We made breakups kind of fun. We made it fun. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about healthy coping mechanisms and talking about the poor coping mechanisms. I think do we do part another. three? We might so have a part three. We might have to. Yeah. Wow. I think we're gonna have to. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to talk about. It's a big pill to swallow. And we're not. We don't do four hour episodes, so we gotta. You know, we gotta break this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. I guess we need new more beer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get another round of beers. <laughs> uh, if anyone has any suggestions, let us know. We'll try it out. Yeah, absolutely. But we yeah. have a one more quote, a quote to end this one. A yes. quote. And this is, what mental health needs is more sunlight, more candor, and more unashamed conversation? Absolutely. That is good. Seriously. No, yeah, be real. That's what that's saying is be kind and be real. Ex- I like that. That candor, that means frank. Be, be frank. Be frank. Be, let's be, be frank. frank. Let's be frank. <laughs> let's yeah. be frank. That's it. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for coming in for part two uh there might be a part three who knows yeah you never know let us know if you want it if yeah. you want more of the breakups from just a couple dudes let us yeah. know if it's consensual because you know what we need to do maybe this is what we'll do we've done just a couple dudes one and two with the breakups maybe we'll bring in a lady let's oh, get some female perspectives up in here oh yeah if we thought this episode was long before. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> we'll do four parts on that one. Is there a book, No More Mr. Yeah. or Mrs. Nice Woman? No there More Mrs. Mrs. Nice Woman. Girl. There should be. Curb stopping dudes. <laughs> uh, okay, but thank you everyone for listening. Love you all. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.